0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week.
2: Individual results may vary. Hello, I'm Sally Toksvig and this is We Will Get Past This, where I welcome you into my calm room of books so I can share tales from history of various deeds. Some brave, some baffling, others downright idiotic in a bid to comfort the soul in this challenging time we find ourselves in. Some of these were recorded with specific dates in mind, but as we've all come to realise, none of that kind of thing really matters. My diary's wide open. There are no rules about when something can be enjoyed, so take a moment to relax and remember this. We will get past this. Hello there, come on in. Hip bath, hip bath, lavatory, lavatory, b b'day, douche. Yeah, it's alright. I haven't lost the plot. I'm warming up my vocal cords in case the theatres suddenly reopen. I'm supposed to go out on tour again and I want to be ready. Uh, Theatre people are awash with tongue twisters which are supposed to liven up the tongue and the lips while prompting the voice into action. I rarely bother if I'm honest but I do love some of them. One one was a racehorse. Two two was one two. When one one, one one, one race. Two two, one one two. Uh, The one about the hip bath and the lavatory was apparently a favourite of that booming actor Donald Sinden. I keep thinking about how sad I am that the theatres are closed. Nothing makes me happier than the buzz of an audience before curtain up. I mean, Having said that it was today, April 26th in 1865, that John Wilkes Booth ruined one particular play by assassinating a member of the audience, uh, the American president Abraham Lincoln. The play the Lincolns were attending that night was a comedy called Our American Cousin written by English playwright Tom Taylor which up until then had been hugely successful in getting a lot of laughs. Uh, The assassin John Booth should have known better than to disturb a performance. He was the son of a distinguished Shakespearean actor and had been a leading man himself for some years and with some success. Uh, He was extremely handsome, not without talent and on his way to making money. One review called him the most promising young actor on the American stage. The year before he killed the President he appeared along with his brothers in a New York production of Julius Caesar. Booth played Mark Antony and the show was acclaimed as the greatest theatrical event in New York history. Money from the evening went towards a statue of William Shakespeare for Central Park which you can still see if you head towards the famous carousel. So it all seemed to be going well. But Booth had strong political opinions and perhaps uh, Julius Caesar had put him in mind of inappropriate ways to dispose of those in power. Booth was vehemently opposed to the ending of slavery. He was on the southern side of the American Civil War and furious at Lincoln's re-election in 1864. By the time he hatched the Brutus-like plan to kill the President he felt that the South was about to lose the war and something drastic needed to be done. I don't think it's surprising he chose to do it in a theatre. He was comfortable there, he knew the play, well enough to be able to fire a gun under a big laugh and fate was on his side. The policeman assigned to guard the president was not there when Booth entered the presidential box. Most likely he was at a nearby tavern. The Ford Theatre was closed immediately afterwards and for years it was used as a warehouse. It didn't reopen as a theatre until 1968 having been dark for over a hundred years. It was a terrible day when Lincoln lost his life but actors are a law unto themselves and fond of repeating the old joke quote from one of the cast of Our American Cousin about that fateful evening. But other than that Mrs Lincoln, how was the play? I've never seen that particular play but I do remember going to see a preview of a new musical version of the novel Gone with the Wind, that great epic which is set against the backdrop of the Civil War. It was a long show. I mean really long. Margaret Mitchell took nine years to write the book and you certainly got some sense of that. There were a lot of people in it and it occupied a lot of time but sadly the only bit I can remember was entirely unintentional. I don't think it's too much of a spoiler for the story if I tell you that at one point the southern bell of a heroine shoots a varmint Yankee. The young man playing the part was enthusiastic. It was perhaps his stage debut. He had no lines but he wanted to make the most of his moments so he dove head first to his death with unbounded energy. By chance his demise coincided precisely with the late return from the toilet of a woman seated in the front row. She was wearing a rather spectacular ensemble in fuchsia. Well, She was having a night out. She made her way along between the front row and the edge of the stage, annoying every seated patron as she awkwardly reached her seat. Just as she was about to sit the young man flung himself towards her and the stage lights followed. For one brief glorious moment the woman in fuchsia was perfectly illuminated. Startled by the action and the light she looked up and still standing completely froze as the Civil War combatant flew towards her. His head landed just short of the lip of the stage and inches from her nose causing her to fall backwards into her seat with a cry of surprise. No cannonball could have been more effective. It made you think the whole war could have been over so much quicker if they had simply fired bit part players at each other. No one applauded but they should have. Oh they should have. It was one of the finest pieces of theatre I have ever seen. That night of British theatre Sir Ralph Richardson used to say that acting was simply the ability to keep people from coughing. I don't think actors should go rogue like Booth although I do love it when things go wrong. It is said that Sir Ralph was appearing in Brighton in the pre-London run of Joe Wharton's What the Butler Saw when he suddenly stopped mid-performance and inquired of the audience Is there a doctor in the house? A man duly identified himself to which Sir Ralph responded, Terrible play isn't it doctor before returning to his performance. Because theatre is that heady live concoction of actors' nerves and audiences' expectation it's only too easy for things to go awry and maybe that's where my comic hero took her inspiration from. It was today in 1989 that one of the greatest comedians of all time Lucille Ball passed away at the age of 77. When comedians adopt a particular persona or attitude it's known as their shtick and hers was to play a fool to whom accidents or misunderstandings inevitably happened. Lucy began her career on Broadway as a chorus girl. Something must have gone wrong because she was fired by some of the best including the legendary impresario Florence Ziegfeld. She moved to Hollywood and made television history. Her situation comedy I Love Lucy premiered in 1951 and it changed the face of television forever. The first comedy to use multi cameras and have a live studio audience. The show was based on a radio show called My Favorite Husband but when it moved to television Lucy insisted that her husband be played by a Cuban-American band leader. The broadcaster CBS were horrified that an average housewife might be depicted as being married to a foreigner with a powerful accent. Such a mixed marriage was unbelievable. The only problem was that Lucy was married to him in real life. To prove it would work Lucy went on the road with her husband Desi Arnaz and his band. Each night she would interrupt the show in confusion pretending she was late for an audition. It was hilarious and she got her way. Lucy would go on to become the very first woman to head a TV production company. I long to be at the theatre but if I can't then at least I can watch old snatches of I Love Lucy online. Please can I recommend them to you. The one where Lucy and her best friend try to keep up with a speedy conveyor belt while working at a chocolate factory is comic perfection. In some scenes the audience laughed for so long it had to be edited down to a more believable length. Making mistakes became her calling card. Check out her attempt to teach the Broadway legend Ethel Merman how to sing like Ethel Merman after Lucy mistakes her for a woman called Agnes. It is pure theatre. Lucille Ball once said the secret to staying young is to live honestly, eat slowly and lie about your age. Genius. Meanwhile, I'll carry on warming up in case I suddenly get the call to the side of the stage. I thought a thought but the thought I thought wasn't the thought I thought I thought. If the thought I thought I thought had been the thought I thought I wouldn't have thought so much. Quite right too. Take care. Be kind. We will get past this.
0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.